to write electronic music that didn't sound boring and typical, ideally something that wasn't easy to classify generically. You're listening to How I Make Music, a soothing narrative experience for the musically curious to go behind the scenes of composition. Every Wednesday, we break apart one of my own compositions and investigate the stories and insights into how it was made and its effect on listening ears. My name is John Bartman. I'm a music composer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome to episode 50. Finally, we've arrived at episode 50, Theta Waves. This is How I Make Music, and this week we're looking at this cyberpunk-inspired exposition of weird and futuristic sounds. Before we break it down, a reminder to leave a comment on YouTube if you're enjoying the show. It really makes my day, and it helps me to make things a little bit more on track for you regular listeners and subscribers. Head over to YouTube, search for How I Make Music Podcast, or follow the link in the show notes and uh, find your favorite episode and leave me a comment there and I'd love to hear from you. So let's break it down. Theta waves. We all know what a jazz solo is when a trumpet or a horn player improvises over the backing beat, but what does it sound like when a computer takes a solo, if it tries to improvise? During the breakdown section of this track, I tried to answer this question with a special piece of software, a plugin called Live Cut. Let's listen to the effect it has on a snare rhythm that's being played. I co-wrote this track with my producer friend Django Flaherty. During this breakdown section, we decided to apply just the right amount of randomness to the pattern generator to make it sound unpredictable while still retaining that core groove that you hear on the snare drum, which sounds a bit like a marching band. Let's give it another listen and pay attention to how all of those glitchy sounds, those computer sounds, don't ever really seem to repeat much. As a composer, I would categorize the effect of this plugin as texture. It's not really rhythm, it's just more something that adds to the overall nuance of the track. To create another layer of texture and really double down on this uh, micro rhythm, I included a counter rhythm made by a different instrument, a really thin sounding noise patch. Let's give that a listen and pay attention to how this one does actually repeat quite evenly uh, every 12 beats. See if you can spot the pattern. One, 
the time signature of the song is a 12-8, which is a little bit unusual for electronic music and techno-inspired music. From the start, it was the 12-8 time signature that kept me feeling that I was creating a nice deviation from typical techno. You might have noticed a lot of what I'm trying to do with my music is to deviate from the normal and to play the weird stuff and to create stuff that doesn't really have much influence. Very little electronic music is in 12-8 and somehow it's important to me to keep on pioneering these unusual outcomes. Let's play a few repetitions and you can hear what I mean by 12-8. I'll use the piano section from the middle to illustrate this. Here we go. One, two, three, four, two. was written on a synthesizer which sits on my desk. It's a little two-octave synth called a Novation X-Station. I bought it from a guy who ran a hidden bunker studio in the middle of Cape Town and I was quite thrilled to uh, learn that if you push open a certain panel in the foyer of a building that you enter into this underground lair which has all sorts of amazing uh, gear and instruments in it. Just a little backstory behind the synth that I used for this composition. We selected patches and recorded takes of our performance straight to audio in Ableton. The first type of thing that came out the pipe sounded a bit like this. It's a low arpeggiator sound and it dips in pitch at the end of every sequence. Listen to how the sound goes down, down there. these patches straight to audio in Ableton and that means that it's very difficult to edit the sound that you're creating unlike MIDI. This made each recording a finished performance which couldn't really easily be tweaked uh, afterwards. Then, so it was a really hands-on session with way more playing than planning. Bouncing the tracks to audio like this uh, early on in the recording process forced us to really commit to whatever sound we were making rather than leaving too many options open. That can be a common downfall when you're trying to finish something is the idea that you need to be, you need to keep everything in a state of editability just in case. Try and avoid doing that if you're making music. We came up with another little sound at the end of every sequence which sounded a bit like this. Notice how it pans from one side all the way to the other very quickly. And one more time, you'll hear it go from one side to the other. Stereo imaging is a big part of techno and electronic music, where to place the sounds, hard left, hard right, and their position in the phase field. In other words, how much space they're occupying. Another early sound which shaped the eventual sound of this track was uh, a patch we called, well, a patch that was called Wired. 
uh, on the X station and we played with the resonance parameter. The resonance is the sort of sharpness um, of the sound. Uh, we played with the resonance to bring out those embedded colors in Wired, this patch, and the end result was a, an almost spiritual sounding um, sweep through the harmonic series. Let me play it for you so you hear what I mean. result was it's kind of peaceful in a way and definitely reminds me of certain types of um, you know uh, flute playing and perhaps Tibetan throat singing drone music uh, which is intended to bring on a meditative state what you're hearing is actually just uh, what's called the harmonic series it's a harmonic series is a range of peaks for each frequency for each musical note in the audio spectrum and these peaks sound more prominent and musical when they're amplified There are two types of piano sound in this track, a regular uh, subdued melodic legato playing and then the piano run through live cut to produce that same uh, jerky jittery effect that we heard on the snare drum earlier. Let's give the piano part through live cut a listen. jittery sound of piano chords being played semi-randomly. Uh, it's quite an innovative sound and I've used it before. Head back to episode 44 of this podcast, Mad Heights, and I explain how I created a piano instrument that sounds like a piano would sound if you were playing it as a drum kit. That's the best I can do to explain it. Head back to episode 44 of the podcast, Mad Heights, and skip to the piano section if you want to hear what I mean. All in all, the track ran the risk of sounding a bit too unpredictable, thanks to Live Cut, the scattershot plugin which reduces everything to chance. I felt like some rhythmic certainty was needed, so I included this snare sound that you heard earlier. Here it is on its own. This really just has the effect of just anchoring the groove and making it a bit more uh, predictable and pleasing for the listener. We perceive beauty when our expectations are realized. Native Instruments is a company that I use for many of my software libraries and their synthesizer, modular synthesizer um, environment is called Reactor and it's got some fantastic sounds on it. The bass sound in the song, for example, starts out really subdued and then by the end of the song I've opened up the filter and we can hear it in all its glory. Here's the subdued sound first. That's the harmonic synth in the background and now I'm going to crossfade over to the open filter sound. Here it is. is just so delicious. Mm. 
see that bears up to repeated listening because it's so rich you can even hear the harmonic series being swept down in the background if you listen carefully so i was very pleased with the bass sound and finally one tiny little touch for texture was to include the sound of a crowd of people talking just an ordinary crowd of people but hear how the sample has been reversed. So it's a whole crowd in reverse. It's practically unnoticeable in the track. Um, and I was really just experimenting when I included that. You won't hear it unless you're listening really carefully when we play this track again at the end. And that is it for episode 50 of How I Make Music. If you'd like to give me a pat on the back, head over to YouTube and leave a comment on this show, Theta Waves. We'll listen to the full track in just a moment, but before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music. Catch new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. You can download the track from this episode, Theta Waves, from the music page on my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. I want you to use it in your own podcast or video production or audio drama, whatever you see fit. Find links to me on Twitter and YouTube in the show notes. I love hearing from you, so search for How I Make Music on YouTube and leave your comments on the show. And on a personal note, it's been an honor and a privilege putting together the last 50 shows, and I look forward to the next 50, uh, offering you guys, my listeners, a soothing narrative experience um, for the musically curious. So thank you very much for being part of this journey with me. And now here's Theta Waves, an unusual 12-8 experimental techno track in its entirety. Big love from me, finish your projects, and I'll catch you next week, guys. Bye for now.
Thank you.